This podcast is brought to you by 3B, the mental wellbeing company, hosted by Claire and Sue, co-founders of 3B. When you've got your wellbeing mojo on, you're firing on all cylinders. You're accepting of whatever comes your way. You're being resilient. We believe that one size does not fit all, and we want you to discover your own wellbeing mojo. So join us on our podcast journey where we'll be exploring the many different aspects of mental well-being. And hopefully, you can learn what you need to get your well-being mojo on. This week's podcast features an extract from our weekly radio show, Let's Talk Wellbeing. So today we have the fabulous Julie Tweedale in. Now Julie is the co-founder of Freedom Personal Safety, which is a not-for-profit social enterprise which was set up back in 2008 to address violence against women and girls. Now, when Julie and her friend Elaine set up Freedom Personal Safety, their focus was on personal safety courses for women. But since then, they've actually expanded to cover a wide range of different aspects of physical and emotional safety. During lockdown, Julie created an online mental wellbeing course for women who had experienced domestic abuse. Since then, her Coping with Anxiety course has been delivered in person and online to community groups and schools across the whole of the north of England. Julie... It's lovely to have you here, and I lo- I just love how you've expanded your freedom, personal safety mm-hmm. from what it was to sort of like what it is now. Can you talk me through why? Why why did you decide to expand on that? What was what was your thought process going on there? Yeah, of course. Um, so when we first set up in two thousand and eight, we were two mums who um, wanted a change of direction. Becoming a mum had really just, for both of us, changed everything. And I know that sounds like a really obvious thing to say. But um, we wanted to take real control of our working lives. And so uh, we, we went through loads of different iterations. At one point, we were going to be um, set up a women's taxi driving firm. <laughs> Uh, then Elaine had the suggestion of, oh, let's do women's painting and decorating so we can go into women's homes and, you know, they don't, you know, they feel comfortable. And, and yeah, it all sounded very feasible until I kind of thought, I'm not very good at painting and decorating. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of an obstacle. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so we were going through all these things. And I think, you know, it's those post-baby hormones and we weren't getting much sleep and it was all a bit crazy. But we knew we wanted to do something different. And she'd said she'd spent a year doing her um, part of her degree in America. And she'd done this women's self-defense and personal safety course that all the universities across America run. And she said they're always looking for instructors. And it just really chimed with me, um, you know, for very kind of personal reasons. And I just thought, oh, that sounds really interesting. And I think for me, becoming a mum, I kind of thought, if I can do that, I can do anything. (laughs) And it just really opened up the whole world to me. So we, um, yeah, so we kind of, few well, a few months later, when we got it all set up, we flew out to a small town in um, in the deep south of America in Alabama. And we did this intensive women's personal safety course. And it was really revelatory to me. It addressed a lot of things, a lot of um, issues that kind of I dealt with in my past. And it just made me think, wow, there's so much here that I could share with other women and girls. And actually, it was almost not, shall I do this? But I can't not do this. So we um, we came back and we uh, started teaching our friends this personal safety course. And it is self-defense stuff, mm. but it's really simple, really easy to learn, really effective and designed for every woman. You don't need to be a ninja or, you know, and, and I could do it. And I like that's why I like that's what I liked about it. So we taught our friends and that went quite well. And then we taught their friends and then we started to think, hang on, we think there's something here. So we gave up our jobs and our security and our pensions and all that kind of stuff. And we created Freedom Personal Safety. And we knew we wanted to be non-profit making because 
it just wasn't about that. We felt really felt driven by this social mission to even just help, you know, a handful of girls and women or just a community. And we just thought we want to get funding in to do this so that those individuals don't have to pay because it shouldn't be about your ability to pay. But as you guys know as well, we've got to pay our mortgages and we've got to eat and all that kind of stuff. So we had a really strong social mission and we set it up and uh, and that's what we started doing. And then we started going to schools and working with girls. And we it soon became very apparent, and this is going to sound really obvious, but our focus was so much on working directly with women and girls that actually we were looking at issues around <clears throat> um, healthy relationships and how um, girls and women get treated and, and all that kind of stuff. And we realised we've got to work with boys too. Because <laughs> actually women and girls' safety isn't just about women and girls. Yeah. And I know really, you know, in in, in recent years, um, since the very tragic murder of Sarah Everard, there's been a lot of talk about women's safety. And actually, men play a huge responsibility in this. So, and we kind of around kind of, I'm guessing kind of 20, it was around about 2011, that kind of time, we started to think, we've got to do some programmes with boys too. So we got some lottery funding and we started to do that and working with girls and boys together. Um, and we were looking at things like healthy relationships and consent and respect and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, so we diversified then. Then there was lots of um, stuff in the news and we were hearing from various communities about the whole kind of grooming gangs and child sexual exploitation. And we just thought, we can't just carry on on this kind of path of, oh, this is what, you know, this is what we're doing. This matters to the communities we're working with. Um, and I'm actually based over in West Yorkshire. And you know, there was lots of things happening then. And also um, Elaine is in Greater Manchester and all the stuff in Rochdale and things. So we just thought, no, we, we've got to address this. And what's so brilliant about being such a small organisation to the two of us, we can make that decision, mm. you know, as long as it fits in with our kind of social remit we can think, okay, there's a need here and maybe there's something we can do to help with this. So then again, we kind of got funding. um, And I say we, Elaine gets all the funding in. (laughs) She's the kind of supreme over that kind of stuff. I create and deliver everything and she brings all the funding in and make sure I'm in the right place on the right day doing the right thing. Um, So, and then, uh, and, and really throughout, our kind of journey of the different things we've been doing there's always been a mental health and well-being element to it because you know even the self-defense stuff we do it's not just about learning how to punch and learning how to kick and how to break away it's about having that strong belief in yourself that you're worth keeping safe we have three core principles at freedom personal safety and everyone we work with from I mean, some of the children we work with are, you know, kind of three and four. We work on, on their kind of safety and um, and how they can keep themselves safe and what they need to know. And I think the oldest woman who's ever done any of our programmes was 94, and she did one of our self-defence workshops. Wow. And she was phenomenal. <laughs> so right from that kind of three and four-year-old, right up to that 94-year-old, our three personal safety principles, or our three stay-safe principles are, no one's got the right to hurt you, you are amazing. And that you are amazing, we really, depending on the groups we work with, but particularly particularly with <clears throat> with girls, but also some of the <clears throat> adult women groups we work with, we spend some time on that because it's really important that you accept who you are, you like who you are, and you do work towards loving who you are <clears throat> because you're not, then going to take the necessary steps to look after yourself if we love and accept ourselves as much as we love and accept our children our families and our friends we will do everything we can to keep ourselves safe so you know I, I'm saying that kind of it's really only really in recent, recent years we've been doing <clears throat> well-being and mental health stuff but actually it runs right through yeah but during the pandemic uh we, one of our partner organisations called Endeavour, who are based in Bolton, they said to us, um, you know, there's lots of women we're working with and we, we can't get them in for sessions, we can't get to see them face to face and they're really struggling. So these are, the, most of the women they work, well, this particular uh, group of women they were working with 
were out of their abusive relationships and in, in a, a safe place to live and, and so we're on the other side of that you know really in, in, intensive traumatic situation but just because you've got that practical safety of a safe home <clears throat> and you know you're physically away from the abuser there's still a lot of support and work you need to do and so they said can you come up with something um, to help these women because I've done lots of work with them in the past face-to-face -face sessions and um, in my own kind of personal life I have someone very close to me who um, who, who uh, deals with anxiety on a regular basis and my support for her has meant that I've come across various um, strategies and coping techniques and I've done quite a bit of reading around that and I thought do you know what I'm Let's try this. Let's put some of these ideas down and let's share it with this group of women online. And even if it's just <clears throat> an hour a week where they can get together with other women and just focus on themselves. Um, so that's kind of how I went into it. It wasn't any kind of magic wand. It wasn't fixing people. It was, here's some strategies that might help. Try them, come with me on the journey, and then let's see where we go. And that's kind of how the course started. And now we are doing a lot more now around well-being, um, both for adults and for children. So I've been in, in school recently working with a group of year one children who are struggling, you know, with various things. And an hour a week for six weeks. And we've just been having fun and learning, again, some strategies that are adapted for them. So, uh, yes, that was a very long answer to your question, Claire. <laughs> It was Apologies. really, really good. <laughs> there was so many things in that that I sort of want to go into. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so it's like picking which ones. I, I just the whole story just had me riveted. I just really, really enjoyed listening to that. All of it, like from where it started and all the, the way through, and how it how it's merged. One of the key things was towards the end that really impacted for me was what you said about it's not trying to fix people. Yeah. Just can we talk about that because th this is something I have a problem with. I very often will, you know, hear other people who are running businesses going, I can fix you, come to me, I can sort you out. And it sort of makes me cringe a little bit mm -hmm. because I don't think people need fixing. No. I think it's just about there is something that they need maybe support with, they need to be listened, or they need a different way of thinking. There's mm. something. So when you said this isn't about fixing them, where was that coming from? What did you mean by that? Okay, so um, since we since I became a women's self-defence instructor, and I'm also a trained children's self-defence instructor, right back from then, it was always about... It was always about... Um, giving people the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to keep themselves safe. So it was all about sharing my knowledge and then encouraging them to take ownership of that, those skills, knowledge, and confidence to then make the decision to keep themselves safe and to learn those techniques. So uh, empowerment has been a big thread through our work. And I think it, it just continues. So, um, for example, I'm running um, this evening, I'm running uh, uh, the next session in one of our Coping with Anxiety courses for a group. It happens to be a group of women, though it wasn't exclusively for women. That's just who signed up. And uh, we're on week four of, of the course, the current course I'm running. And um, each week we share different techniques and ideas they will then go away and some of them they will choose to kind of try out or that they'll adapt them and they'll come back and that's what makes the course so rich and so different every time because i'm not saying oh here's the instructions of how you need to do a, you know this particular piece of mindfulness or this approach you need to take and because i'm coming at it from a kind of very much uh, this is stuff i've tried and you might like to try it too one of the things i do say is actually the course the coping with anxiety course that we developed I always say it's like um, going shopping for a pair of shoes. So um, you know the size you want, you might know the colour, you might know the style. Try on lots of different pairs and there'll be one. There might be two that just fit. And I can't tell you what fits. I can't tell you what feels right. 
You will decide that for yourself and then you'll have those shoes with you and you'll take them with you and they will work for you. I love that analogy. <laughs> Absolutely. Ha- having quite a number of pairs of shoes at home. <laughs> I can vouch for that. <laughs> but I, I, think, I think anybody can sort of like understand that analogy as well. I think that's brilliant that, yeah, just because you like a pair of shoes doesn't mean somebody else is going mm. to or find them comfy or whatever. Yeah. I really like how you've how you've explained that. And I think that's the key, isn't it? That people don't need fixing no. either. It's just, that's just not the case. No. You know, it's just they need some support or they need to try different things out, like you've said. Yeah. That sounds amazing. So, just so much, isn't there, there that she talked <laughs> about that you just want to dive into it's, as well? It's so true. Honestly, I'm just kind of, and I found myself getting really emotional emotional listening to the story i am very emotional today though so it's always good to have that's the emotions yeah isn't good. it it's good to feel the feeling <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i think what you've described is just so powerful julie and yeah it's had a real profound impact on me kind of listening to your story i i, I wrote down a few things because i like to write things down when yeah, people are good. talking um i wrote accept like love <laughs> And I love that, that, mm. that, the way that you sort of, you've kind of, I don't know whether it's deliberate or not, but you've sort of broken it down mm. into this, because, re- you know, we talk a lot about acceptance, don't we? Yeah. Um, and we talk a lot about liking ourselves, loving ourselves, but we don't really talk about how we do that, <laughs> you know, and because it's, it's easy to say, you know, yeah. like a lot of things in the, in the wellbeing world, you know, a lot of it's kind of sentiment, mm. you know, and it's well-meaning yeah. uh, support and advice, but how we actually do that, is very personal it, for it each is. of us, isn't it? It is, and 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 kind of what, how I came to that kind of those three levels, and and actually now you've said it, I've never actually kind of thought I've structured it like that, but that is the approach I take. So I mentioned that we'd done this work for Endeavour, the domestic abuse charity in Bolton, who are incredible. Alongside this coping with anxiety course, they also said, can you develop something around healthy relationships, um, which was also had to be delivered online because it was lockdown. And we'd done lots of work in, in, in high schools in particular around healthy relationships. So I said, yeah, let's have a go with this. So, and, and the way we did it was that the very first session I decided it was going to be about our relationship with ourselves. Because actually we can't start to think about our relationship with, our, with others unless we've come to that point where we accept like and love ourselves and it doesn't happen straight away particularly when you have been as you know many of these women have been in you know in 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 abusive relationships where they've been treated incredibly badly and their own feelings about themselves often have been um you know uh, completely wiped out really by what their partner has told them they are they should be and all the things they're not so we were starting from quite a, you know, a kind of uh, an extreme base, really. But I just gave them the space to be who they are, to accept the things that they don't like about themselves, but actually focus on the things that is good about them. Because I, you know, I've met a lot of people in my life, but some of those women are the most resilient, strongest, most beautiful women, but they have no idea that it's there. Yeah. So, um, so yes, it, it, it is about... Um, accepting who we are and once we've done that and you know I'm saying it like you know giving this list as if it happens just a few minutes after each other this can take weeks and months and this can be a lifetime of work Um, I would love to think that we all would get a place where to a place where we do love ourselves and give ourselves as much priority as we give to the other people in our lives um, because we deserve that totally totally with you on that i think i think i personally think people struggle with that i personally struggle Mm. with that i know that like listen to what you're saying i I had an abusive relationship years and years ago i didn't realize i'm sorry i've been talking about it no it's great it's it's not it's really important that people know I'm, i'm happy to share that and i just think I I think I'm a strong person. Mm. Didn't realise I was a strong person then. Yet you believe things. So the relationships you have then aren't great relationships because you don't love yourself. Mm -hmm. So you allow those people in through no fault of your own. It's it's not your fault. 
But at the time, you don't see that and no. you don't realise that. And no. it does take, it does, it took me years and years yeah. to work through things. And there's a lot of things that I've put in place from that. So when you say they are strong women, they are. And I, I would say that I felt like I was strong after the after the that kind of thing but what you're saying there is about it's really true that you have to love yourself you have to give yourself some time mm -hmm. because that's the only way you can go well, what's healthy then what's a healthy relationship yeah. look like yeah. for me mm -hmm. because i think until you do that you don't you don't understand that mm -hmm. you can't grasp that no. And it's really easy for other people to say, well, I wouldn't be in that kind of relationship. You know, I heard that so many times. I know. You just think, well, they're for the grace of God yeah, kind of thing. Absolutely. You don't know. No. I would have never thought I'd have been in that kind no. of a relationship. And yet I was. Mm. And you don't realise you're in it. You no. really don't. Of course not, because it's, it's your normal, isn't it? it and, is. it's, it's, yeah. and it doesn't happen overnight. It's yeah. gradual. Um, totally, yeah. Mm. And I think... You know, not saying I do love myself. I'm still, it's, it's a work, I'm a work in progress. Yeah. And I'm happy, and that's fine, and that's fine. But I think that's the key with this. And I think that's why it's like, I didn't need fixing then. I didn't need telling them what I needed to was some yes. support. And yes. I was really lucky enough to have two friends in my life who really knew me, mm. who were there Good. to be able to talk to me. Yeah. Sometimes to go, do you know what's happening? And I blocked that. But to keep coming back and keep coming back, yeah. they stuck by me. And I was very, very lucky mm. to have that. And I just think that's what people need. They need people who walk beside them, people who are there to guide them, people who will let them be wherever they are now, yeah. but also show them what can also be. And it, that's just really what's generating from you, that yeah. you're... You're that facilitator, mm. that you are there with them to support yeah. them but, yeah. and will guide them. Yeah, I hope so, because it's not my journey, is it? Yeah. And, you know, like I, I really like the phrase you've just used then, is kind of walk beside them. Um, I think I might steal that one, Claire. You can have it. <laughs> you can more than help, um, Because, yeah, it's not my journey, and I don't know exactly what they need. I'm there to... Um, provide a safe space where they can be themselves and you know when we were doing it in lockdown um, in some ways it helped because for some women they didn't want their cameras on the call um, some women would come on the session and not speak at all not put their cameras on because that what that's what felt right for them um, and then as they got more confident and they understood that no one was here to judge them we kept the groups quite small uh, seven or eight women plus me but as they realized that they weren't going to be judged the other people some you know other women on these courses had been through similar things to them or had similar views to them or had similar concerns they gradually then felt able to maybe say a few words one week or put something in the chat <clears throat> and by the end of it everyone had their cameras on and they were all saying can we meet up for a coffee so it's about going at people's own paces. And, and a lot of them had yeah. said, there's no way, you know, particularly when we're talking about a course about, you know, coping with anxiety or, 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 or mental health. They were saying there's no way they could have got on the bus and gone into a building with people they didn't know, in an, maybe in an area they don't know very well, meeting a trainer they don't know to go on a course, you know, that, that it talks about anxiety. Cause that in itself brings your anxiety up to the fore, doesn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> So what we now do when we do the courses, we offer them online or we offer them in person. Yeah. Um, but I'll be honest with you, and all the ones we've done online, <clears throat> by the last week, and it's only a six-week course, um, it is always, right, when are we going to meet up? When are we going to do this? So it's, and what's really nice is that I'm not always able to, because I'm not geographically near them sometimes, is that we've kind of, we've taken this walk together, I then leave their walk and they can then carry that on together. And they, um, their friendships and the relationships they've created, because they've come together in this way, will sustain after that. So that's really nice. That, that's lovely though, isn't it? I think that's really powerful of mm. the journey that they've already made at that six weeks. And then they've got a support network yeah. as well to continue yeah. with their journey. Yeah. Yeah. 
just loving some of the stuff that you're saying some of the things that you're talking about as well very much links with our own like mm. values about the be believe breathe kind of stuff that you know really and it's really funny because what you were saying sue does write things down and that's how we came up with the three b's that we'd been talking about a business and stuff like that just like you were talking about yours mm. and sue kept saying this is what keeps coming up yeah. We, and it, these words kept coming up of mm. what we wanted to support people with, just like those three words. Yeah. The, yeah, and I think that's like, it, that's at the core of your values. It's what what's moves you, what motivates you to com- continue with that. So I don't think you realise how powerful you are when you're picking up and writing down these <laughs> Doing words. Doing my scribbles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sue's got, ex- she's brilliant at listening and taking mm, those little yeah. key things and then, wow, bam, powerful <laughs> when she hits you with them. <laughs> but it is, when she was talking, didn't it sound like that to you as well? Mm, so it did, yeah, it really resonated with me. And I think a lot of the things that you were talking about seem to fit with the 3B philosophy. Absolutely, absolutely. Because when I, I kind of came across 3B and found out what you were doing, I mean, I signed up for your newsletter straight away. <laughs> and, I, you know, and I do action things from it because it's so relevant and so closely aligned with what we're doing. Um, yeah, and I'm going to actually, I, um, this isn't planned, but I'm, I, last Friday I received your latest newsletter, which was all about kind of, one of the themes was about slowing down and doing things in slow motion and taking time. And and I'd had a particularly frantic week um, work-wise. I mean, I absolutely love my work with a passion. It's quite demanding. We're very busy. It's And, and the difficult thing is I say yes to everything because when you're running such a small organisation and we've managed, you know, we've managed to be here through thick and thin since 2008, you're still never sure, you know, are we still going to be here in, in six months time or, you know, it's that, I think, as in it's that working class mentality of you've always got to have a job, you know. Um, and so, yes, it was a really particularly frantic week last week. Your um, newsletter kind of dropped in my email and luckily I opened it. Sometimes when things like that come through, you know, you kind of think, oh, I'll do it later and then it gets yeah. lost. And um, there was the hand yoga thing that I I looked at and I did and I did it and I thought it was great. But there was another thing that it it just said, try and do, try and slow down today and try and do things in slow motion. And I thought, because I realized that actually my whole body and being had been on fifth gear, 100 miles an hour the whole week. And that is not sustainable. So what I did was, I went and put the washing out, but I did it in slow motion. <laughs> so one, I took a break from my screen because I work from home. So I took a break from my screen and I, I had a, um, in that particular, I, I was working um, at a school later on, but in that morning, last Friday morning, I went, I took a break from my screen and I slowly walked to the washing machine to get the washing out and I hung out. The, now, I don't know if the neighbours were watching, but they must have wondered what on earth was going on. But I just did it slowly. And you know what? Maybe it took me... I don't know, maybe another 30 or 45 seconds to put the washing out than it would have done. But, oh, my gosh, what a huge difference that, that, that has made. And I've been telling lots of people this week, do things in slow motion. Honestly, it's just... And so what you have given me, and I will be passing on, obviously, and putting this in, in my courses and things as well, just those little things that actually, it might seem quite kind of small and insignificant, my gosh, that changed my day. Mm. And that is something, because it had such an impact on me, I will carry that with me. So that's a pair of shoes that fitted me, that felt, there's a pair of slippers, in fact, <laughs> that I can walk nice and slowly <laughs> on, yeah. But that will come with me. So I absolutely, I can definitely see the kind of, the way that our organisations complement each other. And I just wanted to share that with you because it was really powerful for me. Wow. That's lovely feedback. That Thank is. you. It's great that it's had that impact on you, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that is that is so lovely. And I think something you're saying there about bringing things into the everyday, mm. I think often when we think about changing things in our life or working on our well-being, you know, we, we maybe think about grand gestures, we think about big change, but actually that's what it's about. You said that it says seemingly small things, it's the details yes. in our life that make yeah. the biggest difference. It's the details that'll be the thing that'll 
pop us over the edge or you know <laughs> kind of get us all worked up on a particular day isn't it so it's it's the because it's compounded over yes. time yeah. so actually if we're compounding good things and we're doing lots and lots yeah. of you know things to support ourselves what Claire and I refer to as building up our bank of self mm-hmm. you know so that we've got something in reserve for when we're having one of those frantic weeks yeah I, I, I just I, I really like the way that you've done that and also and it picks up on what you were saying earlier about the sharing because it just seems to me that that seems to be such a motivator for you and for Claire and I as well. It's one of the reasons why we wanted to do the radio because we wanted to give a platform to these kinds of conversations, you know, and to allow people to speak and to have that time to really get into a subject, you know, so that it's not just a kind of a quick dip. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I think the the sharing thing sort of, makes it more accessible yes. because, you know, if people are sort of saying, well, I tried this, you know, maybe have a go. But like you say, it's got to fit for you yeah. and you won't know till you have a go. No. So. And what I love about, you know, a lot of the tips and techniques you put out on social media and, th- and through your kind of mailing list is that they are very kind of simple and they are, um, they are accessible. You don't need lots of money to do them. You don't need to, you know, to have a PhD in psychology. You can just try it. Um, and I have brought, I've brought something with me, actually. I know this is radio, so you can't see, but something that's had a bit of an impact on me in the past week. Um, am I, we've got the time to share this, haven't we've we? We've always Absolutely. got time. <laughs> so I was out on Saturday with um, uh, me and my daughter were out with some really good friends. And um, we had uh, a really lovely day. The sun was shining. Um, we were together and we hadn't been seen each other for a long time so it was a really really lovely day and the place we were visiting had a street market which is always lovely I've got you've got to love a market haven't you and one of the stalls had kind of lavender and various kind of lovely smelly things and it just smelled lovely so we went over and um, me and my daughter saw these kind of little kind of linen um, handmade bags um, and they were called car fresheners um, and it's like a really nice aroma for your car. And the woman on the store was lovely, and she was saying, oh, it lasts 18 months, and it's all natural, and it'll be lovely. And, and the smell is just... I can't tell you what the smell is. I don't know, Sue, if you could tell me. It's just so fresh, and so... It smells like su- a summer day. It just... It, it really does. It's really interesting, because <laughs> I've been sitting here thinking, what is that beautiful <laughs> smell? So I thought, right, so I said to my daughter, I said, right, uh, uh, this is my youngest daughter, she's, she's nearly 14. And I said, right, I said, oh, we've got to have one of those for the car. I said, uh, choose the one you'd like. So there was all different fabrics and this one's got uh, ducks on it and uh, it's just very sweet. So she picked that one. So uh, we, when we got back, we hung it in the car and uh, it smelled lovely. And, you know, that's it, that's fine. You've bought a car fresh, then move on, you know. Every time I get in the car now, uh, and most of the time I get in the car, it's for work. And like I say, I love my work. Uh, you know, I love it. But I do quite a lot of driving, and sometimes that can be quite stressful. Because particularly if I'm going to schools, I've got to be there kind of when school starts and all that kind of stuff. Every time I get in the car, I get this wonderful scent, this wonderful aroma. And what that does is it takes me back to that time and place that was sunny and happy with lovely friends, with love and care and support and wonderfulness. And I mean, I've only had this car freshener in my car (laughs) for a week. But coming here this morning, I got that blast of happiness. And one of the things I sometimes do with the groups I work with, children and adults, is this thing called Happy Place Hand. And I'm sure you know about this and you do something similar. Because um, nothing, none of these things we do are new, are they? But it, what it is, it's about taking yourself back to a, t- a very specific time and place where you were very happy. And what I do, uh, and I do this, I get the adults doing it as well as the kids, is we draw around our kind of stretched out hand. And then we write in there what we could see, what we could hear, what we could taste, what we could touch. Um, see, hear, taste, touch. Smell. Smell. Of course, smell, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> Thank you, Claire. Um, and and we and we really take ourselves back then. For the children, I get them to draw it. And we, cl- we stretch out our hands and we close our eyes and we take ourselves back to that very specific moment. And the way I use this, and I, 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 I encourage others to try to use it, is if you're having a really stressful moment or you see that you feel panic or anxiety, that wave kind of coming towards you, stretch out your hand. We actually physically do it. So we stretch out our hand into a kind of star shape and just for a moment then that hand will take us back 
to that happy time in our past to connect us with that, to send those messages to our brain to think, oh, you were happy. You, you had those happy times. Those feelings, those you know, endorphins are released and it will, and it has done for me, um, has got me through that moment of <gasps> that real angst. And the last time I did it was in Sainsbury's because <laughs> I was just having a moment, but I, I literally just, I literally physically stretch out my hand. No one else knows what I'm doing, um, but there I am and it takes me back. And it's about that, you know, this too will pass. You've had happy times in the past. You will have them again in the future. So this little car freshener, um, particularly if I'm, you know, on a really busy motorway or it's going to be there for me and that smell will get me through. And I'm so pleased, Sue, that you picked up on it because it is a lovely smell. It is. It? It's gorgeous. <laughs> so, yeah. that, I love that. that so uh, we call that an anchor. Ah, so, yeah. okay. So it's an NLP term, neuro-linguistic oh, programming. But it's an anchor because what it's doing is it's anchoring you to that time when you were happy. Oh, and it's something as that. simple as that, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's funny how smells yes. can really do that. We very often miss things like that. But mm. for me, when I smell Christmas cake, it reminds me of my grandma because I always oh. made the Christmas cakes with my grandma. So it's sort of like it'll take you back mm. to a time where like you say where it's really happy and it's powerful yes it is it is really powerful like you were saying so your air freshener your car air freshener is taking you to a wonderful day that you had with your friend and then yeah sort of like your hand stretch out is anchoring you into Mm -hmm. a time when you were happy so that you can go this too will pass like you said yeah yeah. it's it is really it's powerful and it's simple and it, it, anybody can do it yeah, and yeah. anybody has access to do that kind of thing yeah. and that's what i love about what you're doing <laughs> it, it really is it's it's not oh well if you've got loads of money you can get it and you can go through that it's not that mm. it's anybody can access this and anybody can yeah. get that support it's just i love this really <laughs> i do and thank you for giving me the name for it as well and no i see i haven't studied nlp i don't know anything about any of these kind of things like i say i'm I'm somebody that's, you know, supported this person who's close to me. I've had a few anxiety issues myself. So it's just about finding things. So it's quite good to know that actually <laughs> this is a thing and it's not just me going off on a whim. Yeah. I, I'm a big one on, it don't, I don't care what it's called. Yeah. Yes, so it's yeah, like, yeah. so yeah, NLP would call it anchoring. It's yeah. something that we do use, but yeah. I like the happy hand. I mean, that's brilliant. Yeah, I, I love, love that. that. <laughs> yeah, it's the happy hand. I'm going to do the happy hand. I really, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think that's going to be something that I'm going to be definitely putting in my toolkit. You're both using the word powerful, Mm-hmm. And it just made me think about what you're doing, Julie, um, is empowering. You're yes, empowering yes, others, yes. you know, and you're making people realise that they have the resources, they yeah. have the capacity, yeah. they have the potential within them. And what, like Claire said before, you're, you're facilitating that, you're creating a space for that. And actually there's something so authentic in what you're doing so the fact that you will be you'll on radio you'll say oh I didn't know it was called an anchor you know it's kind of other people would be all sort of oh I need to know the terms yeah. I need to know yeah. you know yeah. what you're doing is something really instinctive mm. actually which makes me feel like it, it comes across that you're very very aligned something you said at the very beginning about this was something that you felt compelled to do you had to do it yes yeah 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 um, yeah, I'm kind of, I know I make it really clear on the courses that we run, <clears throat> you know, I'm trained in certain things. I'm a trained self-defense instructor, um, personal safety instructor for women and children. Um, I've got the qualifications for that. Most of the other stuff is just really about having a passion and being driven to want to connect with other people, empower them and give them a space to find their own way to deal with things and find their own way through things. and. What's absolutely joyous for me is um, learning every time, learning from others. And this coping with anxiety course that we, you know, we kind of set up during lockdown, I think we had, we had like a course pack that I wanted to do. So people had a chance to kind of doodle and draw on it and, and had all different kinds of things that they could take away. Because I didn't want it to be just for six weeks. It's got to be for a lifetime. Um, and I think when we first, when I first developed the course, it was uh, about 22, 23 pages. The course pack that um, the group I'm working with now, theirs is 34 pages <laughs> because they keep bringing me things. And, you know, I think that there's a book coming soon, I think. Um, oh, I hope so. <laughs> but 
What's great is they'll, they'll come in and they'll say, oh, I tried this, but I've adapted it. Or, you know what, let's try it this way. And that's just brilliant for me. I That's, love that because that is, is they're making it their own. Yeah, yeah. So they've took something, they've yeah must, messed about with it to go. Okay, this this potentially doesn't feel right yeah. to me. But rather than just chucking it out with like the baby with the bathwater kind of thing, yeah. they've gone. Okay, well, how will it fit for me? Okay, well, I'll adapt it yeah. and I'll I'll yeah. mess around and I'll go. Oh, this now fits for me. Yeah. And then when they share it back, you're like. I really like that. <laughs> How many times have we said yeah. that? We always do, don't we? I really like that. Mm. But it's, it is, it's true. What Sue said, genuinely, that actually re- really resonated with me. You could clearly see, you know, we wish you could see Julia's face as well. Because <laughs> it's clear you're passionate about it. You mm. can hear that in your tone of voice. It's clear that suddenly this was like, oh no, this does really fit. And yeah. you are authentic. And I think, Sometimes being qualified, having those all those exams in something isn't the right thing. Mm. You know, so me and Sue know we've had feedback from, uh, we had a feedback from a lady who said, oh, you've just explained something that my, psych- my um, physiotherapist, no, psychotherapist, mm. psychotherapist, different one, <laughs> my psychotherapist had been trying to explain to me and I've not got, mm. but you've just explained it in such a way. Yeah. And sometimes I think it's, it's just coming from wherever you are and you're yes. able to explain it more. So there's some things, yes, I think people should be qualified in, but there's of others. Course. I think if you've got a natural ability for it, you've got a passion for it, and you just want to support people, mm-hmm. I think that can be enough. Yeah, absolutely. And clearly what you're doing really resonates with you. It shines out of you. You can see <laughs> it. You're glowing. Oh. You are. I think <laughs> it's <you>. brilliant. <laughs> so... When you were talking about, you know, your work and the, the fact that you really love it, but it can be stressful because mm. there's an awful lot of, like, travelling. And you're obviously, you're dealing with vulnerable people yes. who, you know, can tell you stories that can really impact. What do you do to sort of help you to not take that on board and to mm. be okay with your own mental well-being? Yeah, it's... Uh it's always an ongoing process, isn't it? It's kind of, um, <clears throat> I, I'm i very lucky with the people I have around me. I have, um, uh, Elaine is brilliant, so Elaine is the other half of Freedom Personal Safety. And I know any time, day or night, she's on the end of the phone. Um, and she, uh, she gives me the space to talk about things. Again, coming back to that, not trying to fix things. Because I do find that, uh, and I'm a big advocate for talking, I was talking about our three stay safe principles. Our third one is, if someone hurts you, it's not your fault, so talk to someone you trust. Um, And I sometimes find that when I'm talking, even doing it today, this is a bit like therapy for me, so thank you both. Um, (laughs) It's only when I talk things out and I say them out loud that I can process them sometimes. So... um, there's lots and lots of jump. There's so much in my head because I do carry a lot of things, um, work and personal. And it's only when I talk about them that I can try and make sense of them and process them. So I'm very lucky I've got Elaine to talk to. Also got really supportive family. Um, and um, I live in a beautiful part of West Yorkshire. So there's lots of fields and uh, greenery and... Uh, I can literally, you know, just go out of my house and be in, you know, a nice environment. I think that can be really helpful. The other thing for me, and this is going to sound a bit strange, so bear with me, is... um, We like strange, don't we? (laughs) (laughs) Is water. Now, and I've been on a bit of a... This word again, journey, but with water. So, um, so sometimes for me it's as simple as washing my hands or running cold water over my my wrists over those kind of pulse points or or having a shower or having a glass of water but for me what water's played a kind of really interesting part of my life really because i um i was and maybe i still carry a bit of this very frightened of water from being a child so i never learned to swim uh, real issue with water um when i got to be 47 um i decided i was going to learn to swim and i was 
it was because uh, one of my daughters was le- learning to swim and, and finding it quite difficult. And I could see some of the issues that she was dealing with that I kind of had struggled with. And the reason I didn't like water is because my mum didn't like water and never learnt to swim. And I just thought, this stops here. So I, uh, I found out and I signed up for um, adult swimming classes and uh, at home Firth baths. Um, and uh, the first week I went, I could smell the chlorine outside and I, I nearly threw up. I got in the car and I went home because I just thought, I can't cope with this. I went back the next week and I thought, come on, I'm doing this for my, my daughter now. I'm doing this for my kids because this has to stop. And uh, so I went in and I got in and there was all these adults there. And I just thought, gosh, they're all doing it. Yeah. You know, I can do it. And there were some that were, you know, kind of doing really well. And then there were some that were really struggling like me. Uh, and I managed, I got in the water and, and within about, I don't know, six or seven weeks, I'd done a length in the pool. <gasps> wow. Oh my well God. So I got out and I'd never been in the deep end of a swimming pool. Oh my, why on earth would I do that? So I got out and my swimming instructor was just brilliant, this wonderful woman. And I did say to her, can I give you a hug? And of course I was ringing wet. And she went, yeah, give me a hug. This was pre-COVID. So I gave her a hug and I just said, I can't believe I've just done that. I said, and I started to tell her and I said, I was always scared of water and I hid it from my kids and I didn't want them to know. And she said, everyone here has a story, she said. She said, and I'm so pleased that you've come and that you've done this. And... um, and now, um, swimming and being in water is something. You know, I'm still. I can't do front crawl. I, I'm still a, 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 um, a breaststroke girl. I there. think front crawl's overrated. To be <laughs> <honest>. <laughs> um, but I put my face in the water and I can swim, and um, I feel really free when I'm in the water. And the summer, actually, after I learnt to swim myself and, and my daughter had learned to swim too and I was able to help her it kind of we went to the pool at weekends and stuff and I told her I've only just learned to swim as soon as I'd learned to swim I did tell her the truth and before that I told her I was going to aquafit <laughs> <laughs> anyway that summer um we were lucky enough to go on holiday and we and we swam in the med together for the first time both of us swimming in the sea together so water is something that does bring me calm and, uh, you know, being near water or like, say, drinking water or being able to swim in it or even just running water over my hands is a really nice way to kind of calm myself down. Oh, honestly, <laughs> just if you'd have been able to see that when Julie was talking about that, both me and Sue were crying, and <laughs> just probably for different reasons or just because we're a bit mad. Um, <laughs> we have all the emotions today. Yeah. But as soon as you said that, it was well, it resonated with me. But I just, I just wanted to go. Well done. It's just that I just felt like you've got to an age of forty-seven and you're going and doing something that's outside your comfort zone, massively, but yeah, massively outside your comfort zone. But something that you think, no, I need to do obviously for your child but and for yourself yeah so the fact that you have done that gone outside your comfort zone and then just yeah i'm gonna go again in a minute <laughs> just i just think that's brilliant and that's really brave and that might it doesn't for me it doesn't sound daft it really doesn't <laughs> but some people it might like be like well what but actually you're not feeling the emotion then for me yeah because yeah. it's sort of like it's powerful what mm. you've done is powerful for both you and your child yeah i just it reminded me of my mum because my mum couldn't swim and was scared right. of water and so she took me as a child to swim and i learned to swim underwater I couldn't oh. swim on top of the water. I could only swim underwater. Oh, wow. For, for ages and ages. But it's something, water's powerful for me. Yeah. And I think I didn't realise that until my partner pointed it out. Oh. I'm a lot calmer around water. Mm. I feel better around water. My health is always better. There's something about being able to hear the sea. Yeah that I absolutely adore. But even just looking at a lake of still water... Mm just gives me peace i think there's something really deep in that and clearly there's something for you with that water so you were crying as well oh i'm crying about all (laughs) sorts of things what have i done it's wonderful i've broken three (laughs) minutes
Nicola said, I just want to, you know, obviously, absolutely enhance that. It's endorsed that. What I find amazing about that story is that you've gone from loving something that you used to fear and that that is actually bringing you peace. It's bringing you calm. It's something that you seek out very deliberately. Mm. And I think for me that just shows, doesn't it, how we mustn't stop believing in ourselves and Mm. how we can change and how different opportunities can come our way and possibilities that are that are out there for us that potential that we have because I think we think of ourselves in a fixed way sometimes don't we and we box ourselves in Mm. and that actually if we can just be a bit softer with ourselves Mm. and open ourselves up a little bit more who knows what we can do and you Sue you once said to me um uh we were talking about a, a particular issue that I was kind of trying to work into the coping with anxiety course and you once said something that I share with a lot of people about being on your own side how would it feel to be on your own side? Be on your own side. And and just linking on from what you've just said about we're not fixed, are we? So for me, I've always been a non-swimmer. I'm scared of water, don't like water. That was my label. And we know that our minds believe what we tell what we tell them. So because I put that label there, that's who I was. And so being able to kind of think, it doesn't have to be like that. And and all I'd say to everybody listening is if there's something you want to try, if you can, just find the courage to just give it a go. It might not work out, but it might do. And it's better to have tried something and it not worked out than to be always wondering what if. Well, what a way, of, what a sentiment. Julie, we could just, I know, could talk to you forever. Um, I could stay here forever. <laughs> right, let's do that. Right, you've got let's talk well-being all, all day now instead. Um, we can't. We we need to move forward. But we want. I want to. I want to come back to an anchor. So one of the things that we always ask our guests is to give us a song, something that either uplifts them or means something to them. Mm-hmm. So again, music is oh, a really very big powerful. anchor very powerful can you tell us about your song and why you've chosen it so this was really hard having to choose one song <laughs> honestly you two seriously there's we- an island this is bad enough when you get eight i get one <laughs> um so i've gone for true faith by new order which is um it it does it lifts my spirits it's um I, I use it regularly i listen to it a lot it takes me back to a very very happy time in my life when i was a teenager when life was a lot simpler but it's it's carried with me through my life and it brings me joy that was an extract from our radio show let's talk well-being you can listen in every thursday between 12 and 2 on hcr 92.3 FM or online on hcr923fm.com